have a passion, hobby or expertise and want to share it with the world, why not do a podcast? The PodStation offers a wide range of packages to make this a reality, ranging from training and support for those who have no idea where to begin, to podcasters who just need somewhere to host their show. With prices starting at a mere £15 per month, you can now get involved in one of the fastest growing entertainment forms in the world without all the headaches. To find out more, visit thepodstation.co.uk forward slash station dash packages. And remember, those with passion, podcast. You're listening to The Business Spotlight, exclusively on The Pod Station. Welcome everyone to, I'd say, another episode of the Goldfish Marketing Podcast, but uh, much the same as a good old DC comic book TV series, we're going to do a, a crazy crossover and also have it as a business spotlight. So I guess if you're listening to this show for the first time, I should explain what either of those are because you're probably wondering. Um, so Goldfish is a marketing tips podcast where each week we pick a topic, uh, we discuss that topic and hopefully give you some advice that will help make the most of your marketing budget. My name is Matt Pollard and my business is Funky Vibes Marketing. Um, if I then remove that hat and explain what business spotlight is, I also own the pod station, which is where this show is hosted. Uh, and uh, what we wanted to do was join the COVID-19 pandemic was give businesses an opportunity to promote themselves, explain what they do and help other people understand what the benefits of those services are so that if you wanted to then go and get that sort of support from the likes of the experts that we have on the show you can do so and if that makes life a little easier what is no doubt a troubling time then good for you um i wish you all the best of luck so that's basically the random waffly intro now the reason why we're doing it this way and indeed the reason why uh, we're having this crazy crossover is because normally on the go fish show i am joined by my fellow co-hosts elaine atherton and chris roxborough they are not here. I am flying solo, which is probably dangerous uh, and is only likely to end in catastrophe uh, because they are not here to rein me in at any point. Uh, poor old Elaine's poorly, so we do wish uh, her a speedy recovery. So far as I know, she doesn't have the uh, dreaded C word, but uh, nevertheless, she's still too poorly to do the show today. So she has sent me over some questions for our expert, who I will unveil in a moment. Uh, Chris, I think Chris has just got better things to do, quite frankly, and, and nobody likes him anyway, so uh, that's fine. And he's not here to tell me otherwise, and I'm going to be editing the show, so that's staying in. So without further ado, uh, I, I did warn you that this was going to go a little bit wild because I'm on my own. Uh, I am joined by somebody else, thank goodness, um, and he's going to help me talk about the topic that we've picked for today, which I actually think is a really, really good topic to do at this current moment in time. To put a date stamp for you, uh, we are currently recording, I was going to say September, but actually it's the last day of September 2020. Uh, we've just gone through a horrendous lockdown due to a world pandemic. Uh, and a lot of businesses for a large proportion of that six month period haven't been able to do any or certainly limited business at best. Uh, there is currently a curve which I see on the news every day which seems to be creeping steadily upwards as 
regions of the country end up uh, or are seemingly being put back into that lockdown which suggests that we're going to end up in a similar situation to where we were earlier which is why we've got this pat guy on the show because the uh, the service the product the area in which he specializes in is an absolutely ideal solution for you to uh, invest in at this current moment in time now i've bigged him up i don't think i'm big him up anymore um i probably will do join the show because i have had personal experience of his his services and i can't sing highly enough their praises uh it is martin haley from uh, easy apps how are you doing mate yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, so, uh, Martin, you've got me on your own, so I apologise in advance. Uh, we're going to be talking about mobile apps today. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I guess the relevance of it is all too stark at the minute because of this pandemic and the fact that a lot of shops, um, I guess, Things like cinemas or theatres and the like are, are, have been either shut down or have been, as a result of social distancing measures, have had to massively reduce their their normal capacity. And digital is possibly the only way in which they can make up that shortfall. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, I think that we all know that the high street generally is struggling. It's difficult to get people onto the high street, difficult for people to do business um, with customers face to face. And so more and more businesses are looking at the sort of, you know, going online as such. Um, and, and really it's a case of it's not just for the sort of the big corporates anymore. Smaller businesses are realizing that a mobile app can really help them. Um, and really businesses can, can gain advantage because where their customers are hanging out most of the time is on their phones. Um, if, if you want to get that level of exposure, you want to be somewhere where all your customers are um, and, you know, getting your messages and your promotions in front of those customers, it, you need to be, it needs to be mobile centric, really. Uh, we've covered on a previous episode about websites and obviously the importance of a website and, most people hopefully their websites are quite mobile friendly so when you're looking at it on your phone it it is relatively easy to navigate from your mobile device um i suppose one of the things we're trying to break down and when we're talking about mobile apps for the benefit of anyone who's particularly a technophobe we are talking about those things that you download from app stores on whichever phone device that uh, that you have uh, whether it be a game or a, a betting app or a shopping app or whatever, whatever that might be. Um, so, what 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 are the differences between, or rather, even the the added benefits that you tend to get from having a mobile app, and or uh, as against the the mobile friendly websites? Okay, well, I mean, the main advantage is the fact you know, as you sort of explain, a lot of websites now are are mobile responsive. But with a mobile app, you're taking that to, a, to the next level in terms of navigation, in terms of being able to engage with it and, and do things with it in the most easiest and customer-friendly way. Um, so that's the first advantage. The, the second advantage, obviously, from a branding point of view, um, we people, you know, everyone knows how much time they spend on their phones, whether that's too much or not. But in this country, it's about three and a half hours a day that we spend, you know, using our mobile phone. But what people don't realize is that 90% of that time that we spend is actually using apps. Because as we're sort of 
flicking through the, the, the on, on our phones, we see those little tiles on there and we tap on them. So we may use social media a lot. We may use news services. Now, all the things that those apps do, that the apps do, is pretty much is not that much different than what their websites do. But it just makes it easier that I can tap on onto say the BBC website and straight or BBC app, sorry, and straight away I'm 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 getting all the information that I need. I haven't got to go to my browser, search BBC, wait for the URL to come up, then tap on it, then wait for that to load. So it makes it makes it just much more easier. We live in a in a in a society where we want everything done as quickly as possible. And the third, which is probably the main benefit I sell in terms of mobile apps, is the is push notifications. So with a with a mobile app, you download a mobile app, then then as the business you can send people push notifications. And because of the nature of them, because they pop up on your phone, they're very highly read. In fact, sort of like eighty nine percent of people read those push notifications. So in terms of what, for example, an email campaign or social media post, it has huge amounts of, uh, of reach. And obviously, if more people are reading it, they're more likely to make a, a call to action. Uh, the push notifications is a massive benefit. As I mentioned earlier, we, we've, we've done uh, a mobile app together. You, you very kind of did one for Cheshire Lions Football Club, for whom I'm, I'm the chairman. And as a football club, it's it's massively helped our ability to communicate with the audiences. And the push notifications is, has been a large part of that. Um, the ability to just... Oh, it's almost like sending a text message, isn't it, really? But just to a huge number of people. And it has, obviously, the added functions of being able to send them to a specific page on a website or send them to a specific part of the mobile app. Yeah, that's right. And as well, the, with push notifications, you can actually use the, the geographical area that you're in. So I might want to send a message just to people within a... A town center for example and i can do that quite easily i can very much laser target target the actual message that i want to send um, the other thing with push notifications it can actually you can actually get messages depending on where you are so i might enter a certain area and i'll get a push notification pop up that that's relevant to me that's driving me to to do a certain thing or or to even to a certain part of the building we have clients that for example they have they, they draw a, a geographical virtual fence around their business. So when their users come into the business, they'll get a pop-up that will tell them what their special offers are or give them the menu or give them how to access the Wi-Fi. It's, it's things like that that's, that's really sort of laser targeted to the customer. The other thing that we can do with that, which a number of my sort of hospitality clients do, is they'll draw virtual fences around their competition. So when their users go near their competition, They'll have a push notification that will pop up that will drive them away from their competition <laughs> back into their restaurant. Um, so, and that works very, very well because the user doesn't necessarily know why they've got the push notification based on their area. They may just feel that they've sent out a promotion at that time, and it's just like, oh, that's really helpful. I, I may make a decision different than the one I was going to make and go back to go back go to there because they're doing a special offer. Do we have any key stats to show about the benefits of, of having a mobile app? Um, I suppose the, 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 key, the key stats really is in terms of what, what, it's, what it's used for in terms of the number of downloads. It's really about the fact that you've got a captive audience. So 
as I said, the biggest the biggest sort of stat in terms of push notification usage is if I send a push notification to say a thousand users that downloaded the app, I'm getting on average eight nine hundred people that actually are viewing that. So if I sent out a thousand emails to someone, you know, the, the, we get so many emails that the number, the, the percentage is a lot, lot smaller. It could be ten to fifteen percent. And social media, as much as it's a, you know, a really powerful and, and I suppose one of the most modern ways of people marketing is that a lot of the social media um, owners like Facebook, um, they want to push you towards a paid route. So in terms of the exposure that you, that you may get on your post. You don't get to as many as many of your followers as you may think that you do. So that's the that's the biggest stat. As I said, it's like eighty nine percent read rate. So if you just sort of took that as in, and you had say a one percent um, take up, obviously a one percent of of eighty nine percent is going to be greater than it, than it would be on on those much smaller read rate numbers. So so that's where your return on investment really sort of where the app starts to pay for itself because. You're getting your message in front of uh, in front of customers. Um, now, seventy percent of all sort of searches are on a mobile phone anyway. So, if you've got an app, you can take that to the next level, really. And what kind of industries would? Well, I suppose I was going to say what sort of industries are best helped with having a mobile app. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll take the easy and obvious one out of the equation, which is the likes of the shops, the restaurants and the bars. I mean, certainly with the pandemic, it's now table service only. And uh, there are there is a large chain I can think of who uh, don't pay any sponsorships. So I'm not going to give them the time of air. Uh, but they, they have a, a mobile app where you can place your order for your food and your drink, and then it gets brought to your table. So they're able to do the table service without that. And, of course, you've got you've mentioned about the the special offers within a geo-fenced area, so within a, a geographical location around where you are based. And so if you, you are offering a food offer or you are selling, you've got a sale on, uh, then you can try and, and attract people to come to your shop as a result of that. But what what other industries can can really benefit from a mobile app? So I always say to to, to people that are interested, and they, I get this question quite a lot. A mobile app generally is a really great retention tool. It's, it's where whereas you go on to you go on to say Google and you do a search for a business that you may have not that you've not been to before or you don't know about yet. Um, that's really a, a, your website is really your acquisition tool, but your but your app is really your attention tool. So on that basis, is any sort of business that that basically wants to touch a customer much more regularly in terms of selling products to them or selling a service to them. So as you said, the hospitality is the obvious choice, but also things like hair salons. Um, uh, and you know, barbershops, health, health and fitness, health and beauty, even um, they they really sort of lend themselves well. But we're finding now that we're getting a lot more professional services because they have messages they they want to get out to their their, their customers, um, and it's just the best way of doing that. Um, obviously, in terms of making you know doing online ordering, we get a lot of e-commerce businesses just because it's easy to to go onto the app, make a purchase, and obviously they can use push notifications to send discount codes and things like that, and, and new product lines and, and, and different things that are revolving around that. 
So it's really any business can use can use an app. It's just it's just how they want to use it. Some businesses use an app almost as a as a marketing tool to to tell people. So they will do some marketing, some advertising, and they'll say download our app for more information. So people will download that app, and then there's an onboarding with the app that may collect the email address. But um, and I must say this, it will be GDPR compliant. So. On that way, there's a really good way of collecting information about your customers. Um, the other part is obviously digital rewards that we do a lot with um, with a lot of our apps. So again, it's encouraging people to choose your business as opposed to anyone else's to keep coming back. Um, and obviously, sports clubs. And I mean, as you said, Cheshire Lions. Um, you know, they get the benefit. There's lots of different benefits within the app. They're informing people of the results. They're informing videos coming out when you've got a new podcast when and and more specifically when the actual game is on it's really great that every time you know a goal scored or a substitute is made i don't actually have to be at the game but i can follow it pretty much in real time in terms of what's happening and i think that's a really sort of really powerful for a, a fairly you know for a fairly small um business or operation can really benefit from that and it can and it can just really do well for, for their own brand really We've actually got a, a a mutual friend of ours who, who who's a professional um, a solicitor, and they've they've got a mobile app and they they use it quite well. They've they, clients can book appointments uh, through the app. They again use push notifications to stay in touch. What other features can people enjoy on the mobile app? Well, I mean, obviously, the, a lot of the a lot of the main elements of it are things that are content based, so information about the business. But as I said, doing business with them, one touch calling, using the um, uh, one touch directions. So if you want to know where the where, how to get to the business, you can just tap directions, and then it will it will bring up the GPS on your phone and, dr- and drive you to that to, to, to that location. Um, Digital loyalty is another big thing. So whether that's a simple buy, you know, stamp, stamp your card. So every time you go into, say, a coffee shop, you can just scan your phone and it will give you a, uh, it will give you a digital stamp. But the key is that the business then gets all the benefits about learning the analytics behind that. Um, and then the other, the other things that you've mentioned, the booking, um, we also do quite a lot of things with, um, LinkedIn existing web type of um, based information so when you look at someone like um, like the professional services companies they may have a back-end setup where you want to log into the uh, log into their back end to, to get access to different types of say letters or um, to do certain things or certain just specific content to the for them um, and they can do that very easily on the app we integrate their existing web pages into that app so the user feels that they're doing everything within the app um, but we're at the most of the time we're integrating their website so it doesn't mean that they have to generate two levels of content um, two levels of fulfillment um, and that's a real really powerful feature really because you don't want to keep replicating different things one for your app business uh, one for your app or one for your website 
on the Cheshire Lines app, we have a, a shop as well, so you can sell your products as well. Uh, it, like you say, you, you're tying to the back end. Uh, I'm thinking more for like wholesalers. You probably can have a, a quick and easy way of people who buy from you as a wholesaler to, to go onto their app quickly, either place an order or repeat an order that they've had done. It's, it's about creating... Um, it's about creating conveniences in it and ease with which they can do the task that some might have been doing anyway, but others might not have done, but for the ease with which you've created that, that process. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, everyone knows how important e-commerce is. I think oh, a number of years ago, people maybe were, you know, used to do all their sort of online purchasing using their computer, but now people are much more comfortable about using apps and using their phone. Um, and, and so it's, it's a major important thing. It doesn't have to be about products and services. Um, we do obviously during, uh, throughout the, uh, the COVID lockdown, um, we, we've had businesses that are very, very small and they may have done, they never, never actually engage with their clients through an online platform before. So they, we, I did one app for a, a business that basically, went did a lot of work go went to farmers markets and um and uh, our sand markets to sell their they they were a scotch egg producer um and with the app that means that they can then send out push notification when they can do deliveries people can buy using their cards and it just makes it just makes it so much more easier and people can just go on their few taps you know, they're, uh, and, and they've paid for it and then they get it delivered. And, and for small businesses a number of years ago, that would have been sort of fairly alien to them. So it just it opens up a whole new customer base, really. And where does a mobile app fit into somebody's marketing strategy? I'll give you an example. Uh, is it something that you would generally have with a website or would you jib off? having a website because you've got a mobile app or if you've got a website why do you need a mobile app i mean you've obviously given some distinct differences between a website and a mobile app but um is it recommended ideally you have two is that part and part of the strategy i mean are you trying to drive traffic to your website where people might get information by using the likes of of push push notifications so it forms part and parcel of your arsenal as opposed to a, a standalone tool well, I think as a, any sort of marketer would would want to have a suite of, of different delivery channels. And we're, we're in a situation now where there are so many channels out there that you have to almost be on all of them. So whether that be in your social media, marketing strategy, your website, your, your, email, your you know, email marketing, but also acting as part of that. I mean, there was a lot of talk many years ago whether apps would replace websites altogether. We wouldn't need websites. To some extent, there's nothing that an app can't do that a website can't do. You can still search for an app on the App Store. There's a lot less apps on the App Store than there is websites. So, you know, it's much easier to, to be found via, via an App Store. Uh, and in fact, just some stats there. If you, if you, um, in this country, the, the number of, uh, we, we get online using our mobile. It's about, it's about 55%, um, of us get online via a mobile device opposed to via a traditional laptop or computer. But and in America it's more like sixty five percent. And in in sort of more um, uh, the sort of more third world type of countries, for example, Indonesia, it's ninety one percent. So ninety one percent get online using their using 
using their phone because it's actually cheaper for them to buy a phone in these places than it is to have a computer. So, and obviously with the data packages that everyone has and the, and the, and the, the increase in 4G and now 5G, everyone's doing everything on a phone. So it makes sense for us to have that mobile app. We do have businesses that use Facebook pages and don't have websites, and they do skip the websites and go directly to a to an app. But I, I would all, always say that you need you need a tool that's going to generate traffic to then get them to download the app. And then once you've got them downloaded the app, then then you're almost building a community, a you know, a, a more captive audience for you to promote and. Uh, and upsell or even even get to the point where we have some businesses that people would download the app before they bought anything and the app helps them facilitates that that purchase much more easily that's definitely how we use the cheshire lines mobile app uh, my my thought process when we were we were putting all our things all our different channels together was that the mobile app was a wonderful way of tying it all together for the people who were already part and parcel of that community so we have our social media uh, pages but they're only seen by the people who use those those particular platforms if you don't use facebook you won't see the page and if you don't use linkedin you won't see that page and we have a, a website but if people don't know we exist or um uh, don't necessarily like you say aren't looking in that sort of an area for that kind of information they might miss it so the the mobile app was a way of 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 being able to say right okay well you've you found us on facebook or you found us via our website if you'd like to know more or you want to be able to access more information all in one place then if you download the mobile app you'll get all of that in the same place and and as you say it's more of a retention tool then because people don't have to keep jumping to the website to see the latest article or match report they don't have to follow us on a particular social media channel um in order to get updates on the match um if they miss the updates you know you know how feeds and social media are <laughs> replenished yeah, every second a post can get lost so quickly and so easily whereas the app essentially avoids that whole problem by virtue of the push notifications, it's sitting there on your phone. It's sort of telling you that there's some information there that you might be interested in checking out. So um, it's a it's a fantastic tool. I mean, we absolutely love it. I think I think everyone at the club, our whole community, think it's amazing because it it does create that 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 community um, that retention. Uh, because as you say, people can find our YouTube channels on there they can find our podcast shows on there but they're on held on hosted on different platforms the website yeah. information is on there the, the the news articles it's 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 all nice and neatly in one place which does wonders for my ocd <laughs> well that's it i mean as you say we, we i think as consumers we're always pushed and pulled from one place to another um and we don't get the full information that we want from from I'd say one platform, one area, um, and as you, and an app does really bring all of those different things together. And you know that when I'm in an app for you know, for example, Cheshire Lines, that I know that I'm going to get all the things I know about that in there, and I don't need to go anywhere else. I don't need to think, oh, I wonder what their Twitter feed it might be a bit more up to date because it's straight it's in the app or their Instagram, you know, YouTube. They're all integrated into the app, so that that makes it 
a, a, a much more easier thing. And obviously, the other stat that just just, just reminded me really is that generally people spend when they go onto websites they they don't they don't spend huge amounts of time but in an app it's, it can be up to a minute that the average person spends in the app because there's just more to do and it's all in one place um whereas on a website you know there there may be things that move them away from that and there's things that, that they're doing other things at the same time so that 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 really does make a difference especially if you're a a business that needs to sort of really educate people about what you do and the different things that you do, um, and it and it really helps. Now I know the answer to this question, but uh, other people won't, uh, and it sort of ties into a follow up question, which of course is cost. Uh, now, cost is how long is a piece of string because it very much depends on what features you want and how complex you want it to be. So let's assume that people are going for a relatively straightforward one. Now, there are slightly different types of apps you can get which do have uh, uh, an effect on what the cost is and how, how people pay for it. So do you want to just explain, I suppose, the different types that, that I'm referring to then and then perhaps move on to how that affects the cost? Yeah, I mean, there's there's mainly two types of app. There's your native um, app, which you go onto the Apple Play, sorry, the Apple uh, App Store or Google Play Store, and you download that app. And that app sits on your phone as an icon, and it and it works it works separately. It's it, it is how a traditional app really works. But then there's a new type of app that's sort of coming through, and it's called a progressive web app. It's not the most captious of titles. But it's, it's basically, in essence, exactly the same as an app in terms of its functionality, but opposed to downloading it from an app store and having to go through the whole sort of publishing um, and approval process with Apple and Google, um, it basically, you deliver it as a link, as you would a, a, a URL of a website. But when you tap on that, that link, it prompts you to add it to your home page. And so you still get a tile just like you would normally get a thumbnail tile like you normally get with an app. And it's very there sitting on your phone. You can tap on it and you go straight to it. The only, um, and it has all the benefits. We can do digital loyalty. You can have all integrate all the other web pages. As we said, you can have, uh, you can have an e-commerce setup. You can have, um, booking system the the only thing that you can't do and this is mainly due to apple not even not even google is that you can't send push notifications to it because it's not it's not a separate entity so it doesn't go through that infrastructure you won't get a message pop up on your phone um, because of the way that apple without going into too much technical the way that apple don't allow that to happen with websites um and in essence, in, in, in essence, that's what it is. It's, it's like a website, but it's in an app type wrapper, design wrapper. So obviously, in terms of costing, they are much cheaper, mainly because you don't have to go through Apple and Google um, to get them published. And that, that part can be quite sort of time consuming and, and quite a little bit difficult in terms of um, making sure that Apple Apple. I was gonna. I was gonna say when you say difficult, we're, we're specifically. And now I, I'm an apple fiend, and I don't mean the fruit. If anyone's any see anyone's uh-huh. ever seen me, they'll know that can't possibly be true. But uh, apple are the most meticulous is probably the polite way of doing it. I, from a podcasting perspective, I I work on the well. 
I'd say I work on the assumption, I have to work on the assumption that if it will pass Apple's criteria in order to be published in terms of your artwork and the quality of the content and etc., then it will pass every other platform's criteria because Apple are by far and away the most stringent and I can very well imagine the same rules apply here to mobile apps. Yeah, I mean, the, the big difference is is that with Apple, an actual human will look at the app when it's being published. With Google, they basically have a have bots that, that check it out, and so they're, they're more they're more likely to, to miss certain things. Apple don't like um, they don't like if there's imagery in the app of someone on a phone, and they can't identify that that's a, an Apple phone opposed to a, a, an Android phone. They can reject apps like that. But the, the biggest the biggest change really, and this is the big thing with Apple, is that what they don't want is someone to basically release hundreds of apps onto their app store that basically are all pretty much the same, but with maybe a different logo or a different color. Um, there was a, a number of years ago there was that issue. Um, so so basically every business now has to have their own developer account with Apple, um, and and really that protects the the business as well as well as Apple themselves because you know there was nothing stopping me building an app for a business that and then publishing it under my own developer account for a, for a business that I don't own the brand for um, a few years ago. But obviously Apple stopped that now, so you've got to be the they've got to, you've got to prove that you're the owner of that business, you own that brand. Um, and, and you publish under your name opposed to, you know, easy apps development name, for example. Um, so there's a, there's that protection really. And I think that in terms of protecting your own brand and IP, that's quite important. But yeah, they, they can be a little bit, a little bit difficult. Pedantic. Uh, <laughs> that was the word I was clinging for before. Pedantic is definitely, pedantic. yeah. Yeah, they're pedantic at times. And then, you know, and other times it, Things can just sail through without any problems, and you're almost like questioning if you, it, you know, if they if they've been awake that time. It's just it, you know that's just the nature of, of it, really. But it, it is there to protect both the consumer and and the other. It was an interesting stat about Apple is that even though there are more Android phones in the world, um, and that's you know that's pretty much the case. We're, we're in any country, there's definitely more Android phones than there are Apple phones. Um, but there are more app users that are on Apple. And the main reason that is, is because Apple has such a stringent process to get apps onto their store, the apps are always working. They don't, they don't crash. They don't crash. Um, they work, they're operational. They, you know, the navigation works really well. And that's really important to Apple. Whereas on Android, you can get some apps that gets, get onto their app store that don't even work properly. They're, they're broken as it were. Um, and so, App users generally, um, you know, they the, the Apple people that have Apple phones use apps more. So that's another sort of a stat that a lot of people don't don't realise. So we 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 mentioned before about cost. Uh, start with the traditional ones. What sort of price range are people tending to look at? I mean, as a baseline, what's the general starting price for these kind of things? So with a, a native app for both iOS, Apple, and uh, Android on Google Play. You, you, the usual sort of development fee is around two to two and a half to three and a half thousand pounds um, to have a fully functional native bespoke app. Um, so a lot of the time, that's I think a lot of my clients sort of 
are quite shocked at that price. They think it's fairly sort of low value because there was a time where people would be paying, you know, five figures, even six figures for an app. And obviously, if you want to create the next Uber or the next Amazon or the next Facebook, for example, it will cost you more money than that. But generally speaking, in terms of the sort of apps I build and the sort of clients I build for, that's the sort of price level. And as I said, for a progressive web app, because we don't have to go through Apple, we can get them done really quickly. Um, the price is almost half that. Wow. Uh, and is there any ongoing costs once you've paid for the build? Yeah, we do charge a, a sort of a, a smallish monthly fees around about seventy pounds, um, and that basically covers you get your own um, your own app manager, which I'm sure that you that you use. So so all the businesses have um, have a little app manager on their own phone, so they can send push notifications when they're out and about. So they can be, for example, watching the game and sending a push notification without to you know go onto the computer and do do that. And every time someone downloads the app, they get notified. Um, but there's also a full sort of co- uh, content management system, so you can update your app in real time, and you don't have to keep going back to Apple and Google when you when you want to change something, like you want to add a new menu item or you want to add something new to the app. You can do that quite quite easy. We build a, a full content management system to make it easy um, for you to add and remove and, and edit your your app in real time. And cost, I guess, is always relevant. Uh, sorry, is always relative. Uh, it's about what business and what benefits you're ultimately going to generate from it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those prices, you know, they may go up if a business has come to me and says, I've got 500 products that I want to do and build an e-commerce shop. That's generally going to make the price go up. Ultimately, it's about my time as a as a developer. But really, it's we've got a huge suite of different features um, and benefits for the for the consumer that we can build into the apps. Um, and and so, you know, because of because we've built quite a lot of apps over the years, um, we know how to do that really, you know, really sort of efficiently. And that that keeps the price to a to a, to a reasonable level. We've bought the app. We've been convinced. Uh, how do we go about getting people to download it? I suppose this is a a question in part that comes back to and ties in with the marketing strategy and using a lot of your other channels, but do you have any specific tips that that either you've picked up or that you can pass on to listeners? Yeah, definitely. So um, the the first thing really is to – the first one is to make sure you've got unique content in the app that no one can access anywhere else. I mean, as much as we talked about the app bringing a lot of information together, there's also the opportunity to put certain things in the app that they can't get anywhere else, so they need to download the app. And that might be even a case of a certain special offer or or a code to, to access a special offer. The the other thing that we that works pretty well is is we have an all our apps that we build, we have an onboarding sort of setup. So that encourages people to obviously accept push notifications, accept location services. Um, and as part of that, we also have a way that we could capture people's information. So one another great way of doing that is having a some sort of competition in, in the app. So download the app, fill in a form on the on the app, um, and you can be entered into a prize draw, for example. That's a really great way of getting people to download the app. Um, the other thing is that we talked about um, digital loyalty so we can have it so when you download the app 
you get, say, a first point or a number of points or, or some sort of reward. Um, we had a case, so one of the first apps I actually had built was for a restaurant, and they have a, a, a loyalty scheme where every visit you go, you get points, and, and then you can redeem them along the lines um, and the, uh, for bigger and better rewards. So you might go a couple of times and you get your stars are free. You might go a few more times and you get your main course. A few more times, you can get a bottle of wine, for example. And what worked really well is that we had it so that you, you get one point when you download the app, and that one point gets you a free glass of wine. So basically, we just marked it as, you know, download the app to get a free glass of wine. So people went and downloaded the app. Straight away, the points went onto their onto their, their digital reward card in the app, and they, they could go into the restaurants and have my free glass of wine. From a restaurant's point of view, they knew that people, when they get their free glass of wine, they're in the restaurant, they're probably going to sit down and have a meal with them. So it, it wasn't it wasn't that costly to the business, but it got a lot of people downloading the app. It was a really great sort of marketing um, campaign. Um, we mentioned before that when apps started to become a thing, the question whether websites were going to continue to exist uh, became a question. Uh, what's the future for mobile apps? I mean, where are they headed? Is there a is there a time at which point apps might become obsolete, or uh, are they going to evolve into something beyond what they are now? Or at the moment, are they just functioning so well that as they are, there's no possible changes at the moment? Well, I think you have to sort of you, you know whether you're talking about apps, you really have to talk about whether we would end up not phones and, th and that goes into sort of real sort of heavy science where we, we won't have phones anymore we'll just have a chip implanted in our head that we can we can access uh, all our phones all the things that we do on our phones by tapping our head or tap or, or tapping our fingers for example i think as long as in as long as phones are are a thing which i think there will be for a number of years the technology will get better so we'll have more augmented reality so you can do more things on that basis where you're you're making you can do more things based on the environment that you're in it may be we know that you can do more things with scanning the phones the, the phone's camera is, is is at that level now where there was an old in the old days you used to actually have to have a qr code viewer app on your phone to read a qr code where now you just open your phone point your camera at a qr code and it straight away reads it directs you to to whatever to what whatever you want to do and everyone's suddenly realizing this more now more in the last few weeks than ever because obviously with the covid19 app that's out and, and all those businesses have now got a qr code sitting on at the front of their their restaurants or bars people go well how do i view this qr code and, it's, and a lot of them don't realize that you just have to scan your phone and then it would read it straight away um so that's that's moved in that that direction i don't think we'll ever get rid of apps i think it would be it would make more sense that we move towards a more the more progressive web app because there's probably a little bit less friction in terms of you having to go to an app store and download it you just you just you know, tap on a link and you're, and you're in there. As, as those sort of, um, I think that once push notifications are available, they'll be the norm. So they will almost blend what a website and app do into one thing. So I, I think that's where the future really lies, the sort of, the sort of merging of, of, of websites and apps together. So they have all the benefits of both 
where they're easy, the website's going to be easily found, but also you get that usability from, from the app as well. It's technology, really, isn't it? You mentioned the augmented reality. If people want to go back and listen to one of our earlier shows, we had Owen Cottrell, who's a, a, an expert in that kind of field, and uh, he particularly put us in touch with uh, one of the uh, apps uh, that um, shows off, showcases the Everton Football Club's new ground where you download the app and... You, when you open the app up, it accesses your camera. You point it at flat surface, and then it it implants the stadium on that surface. And then, using your phone, you can essentially walk around the stadium by moving it around. And you've got that three D virtual effect just by moving around. And that's obviously utilizing a number of different technologies through the virtues of an app, which I guess is what what you're saying, really. Yeah, I mean, what it comes down to really is that, and this is this is the biggest misconception I think with apps is that people look at apps and they look at them to do a very sort of operational type of thing. Um, whereas, you know, we all got apps that fitness apps that will, you know, that will tell us how many steps we've done and when we've had to do a, you know, go for a run and it will tell us where we've run and how many calories we've burned. It's a very sort of operational type of thing. But apps are now becoming more of a marketing tool. And I think that is where the new and exciting use of them are. And ultimately, an app is only as good if the users are using them. So as much as you can, there's so much you can do with with an app these days. Are your customers, your users going to do all of that stuff with them? When at the end of the day, just want to make it a really easy way for them to, to contact you or to buy something from you. That that's really where the where the future really lies is is, is the user experience of making sure that the people are you know we we are you getting used to using apps and using what they can do, um, but making them as user friendly as possible for all kinds of people. Fantastic. Well, uh, Martin, if people do want to get in touch with you to get some more information or to hopefully uh, get a mobile app, having seen the light, so to speak, uh, how can they do that? Oh, well, they can, they can uh, find me on uh, on the website, Easy Apps. If they just type in Easy Apps, it's easy-apps.com. Um, they can find me easily that way um, or through my social media profiles. And, and also my email address is martin at easy-apps.co.uk. So that's quite straightforward. Um, or by calling me as well. Um, yeah, I'm quite active on, on social media platforms, so if you if you uh, if you search for me, you should find me quite easily. Well, we'll stick all of his contact details in these show notes. So if you didn't get a chance to jot those down, don't panic. You can do so by clicking on the links. Um, fantastic. Well, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the show. There. Um, if you do have any questions for Martin, obviously you can contact him directly if you wish, or if you, there's something that you'd like uh, me or either Elaine or Chris to answer, then just send us an email to gofish at thepodstation dot co uk. Uh, obviously we're on all of the social media platforms so give us a follow on there we we obviously publish when uh, we let you know when the latest show drops and obviously post some questions and give some tips and advice throughout the course of the week 
there. You can also listen to this show. I mean, presumably you're listening to it already on one of your favourite platforms, but you can subscribe so that every time the latest show does drop, it just downloads onto whatever device you use uh, to listen to your podcasts. So that'd be great. Uh, and uh, if you can give us a review, that'd be much appreciated. Obviously, five stars would be preferential. But of course, uh, anything less than that is still constructive. Uh, but it also helps to get the show seen by more people. If you want to share it as well with your friends and family, that'd be much, much appreciated. The The purpose of both the Go Fish and the Business Spotlight shows are to, to help people. And hopefully, if it gets spread further and wider, it will help more people, uh, so to speak. So... Um, Without further ado, Martin, thank you very much for that. It's been uh, fascinating, and uh, I'm sure Elaine and Chris will be uh, shouting at their mobile devices because I've no doubt forgotten some of the key questions that they would have wanted me to ask, but they should have been here, really, shouldn't they? They should have been, yeah. (laughs) All right, well, we'll catch you next time, guys, and thanks for listening. See you now. If you'd like to submit your business to be on the show, simply email spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk or message us on social media at The Podstation on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.